Whoa. Happy New Year! Welcome to the Lipstick League. You have balls on your head. I have balls you on have my balls. head. Silver balls. So, and as we like to say, vaginas are strong, balls are weak. Yeah. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, that's, that's actually that's our message here for the Lipstick League, uh, where sports and pop culture come to play as we head into 2021. Uh, I can't believe this year is finally over. There are two, there was actually some good stuff that happened in 2020, believe it or not, for me anyway. But the two biggest things is first, the fact that Taylor Swift dropped surprise albums. And as you can see- oh, did she? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> Just Swifty one and two here, if you're watching on YouTube. Nat and I are matching. Uh, what? Wait. Well, what did I do? What is it when you like come back to church, like born again? I'm a born again Swifty. You are born because you left the church I, and now I, you came back. I I excommunicated myself because I was so out on her, but I'm back. Folklore got me back. Um, happy as a clam. So yeah, Nicole and I both have on our uh, folklore Eagle Swift or Eagle Swift. Wow. <laughs> Can't even tell you how many Freudian slips. I have that Eagles is what comes out of my mouth. It's just, it's ingrained. It's, it's ingrained. Yeah. So Taylor Swift, not Eagles, <laughs> not Eagles Swift. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Taylor oh, Swift. Hilarious. But yeah, so we have matching. Um, and my favorite song on, and this is not a Taylor Swift podcast. Don't worry, but I love invisible string so much. Yeah. It's just the most romantic and you have to listen to it on folklore, but it basically talks about like when you finally meet the one, how you look back and you, you like to think that there was this invisible string that tied you together this whole time. And yeah. oh, it just so gets, romantic. Course, it just gets me. Of course, mine are like the heartbreak songs that I love, like Exile and with Bonnie Vare. Well, he's my favorite. So like anything he does is automatically going to the top of the list for me, but that one and you know the one and all the other the all, one's good too the one was amazing because you know i feel like there's so many situations that everybody's been in that situation right where like you think you found the one and that's just not how things are meant to be hold on i'm gonna figure out what yeah it, the one was so good too because it he you know it says like i'm on i'm good i'm on some new shit and it's like it's yeah like i'm good like it would have been fun if you were the one, but you actually weren't supposed to be the one. Right, right. I also liked, um, yeah, well, Cardigan and- I love August. I, well, I was just gonna say August. August was- August is so too. good. I know. Well, again, like you said, this is not in Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's not Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift is a good part of 2020. Um, we know the bit, obviously the biggest and best part of 2020 is the lipstick league. Yeah, I mean, when I look back on this year and I think about the intentions that I set at the beginning of 2020, right? Like I had all these grand plans for myself, um, career wise. Yeah. And it's interesting the way that you think things are going to go and things started going a certain way for me. And then life comes in and it says, no, no, no. That's where you think you're going. Yep. You're actually going to end up here. And I'm just so thankful that this year, the way that it went and the way that it has gone down has led to the creation of this podcast because yeah. what I thought that I wanted might not have been what was in my best interest, you know, or like 
wouldn't have been as personally fulfilling. I mean, I know we we have what like seven episodes, like between like seven and eleven episodes. Yeah, yeah. Way more personally fulfilling for me than I think the other things that I was looking for would have been. Same. And, you know, this is something that we that's us. It's me and you, right? So like yes. it, this yeah. is who we are. And like just to be able to have this and just be myself uh, is that probably the biggest blessing. And um Hank. Hank's yes. been a big part of 2020. Yes. Hank. Hank the Hallmark man. Hank the Hallmark <laughs> man. <laughs> Hank the Hallmark, the Hank the Hallmark man. Yeah. That's a big part of 2020. Yeah. Um being able to use my best friend's Peloton was a really great part of 2020. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked that I didn't have any pressure to do anything. I liked that I didn't have to wear makeup. I liked that I actually, I I mean, you and I are very similar. We're like, we're on the go all the time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there was nowhere to go was amazing in some, in some capacity. We're like, I actually got to save some money. And like, and there, that was actually a really good thing in a lot of ways for me the, the, to actually have the downtime. I read like 10 books, yeah. just stuff that like I would have never done. And it's like, I like being busy. I like being on the go, but having that downtime actually was really good for me. Well, and not only having the downtime, but I feel like I spent a lot of time, at least over the last like five years alone, where I would feel like you know, I'm like so driven and I'm a little bit of a workaholic. So I, I was kind of, you know, last 2019, I, I, I burnt myself into the ground a little bit, you know, that I had a lot of different roles that I took on. Um, I was working. I remember between September and um, December, I had maybe two days off in total. Wow. I had some sort of like work like every day. Yeah. 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 So- uh, you know, and, and being places and thinking that, you know, it's going to get you to your next step or you're going to do this, or you're going to do that. Like, I realized that like, I didn't need that to feel like fulfilled. Also, it reminded me, I don't know, have you watched, you watched Disney soul, right? No, I haven't seen it yet. I saw you watched it though. And you said it was so good. So the message of that movie, and I, I mean, it's, I'm not ruining anything. Um, kind of comes to the place where like when you do something that you love you get into a zone but if that zone becomes an um an obsession it's a it's like unhealthy and you miss out on all these other really great parts of life because you think that you're so focused on your goals and what you want and it's like kind of about like taking time to slow down and really like appreciate the other moments in life um that you would have missed while you were so focused working and I feel like that's what this year has taught me Um, yes yeah well it's really interesting because kind of on the same level that there was a tweet that went viral that talked about um not to get like super deep but we like to get a little deep on this podcast about how living in a capitalist society makes you think that what you do is the most important part of who you are oh and it's not percent right right like how you are as a friend or a coworker or a sister or a mother or a father or a brother or a boss, like who yeah. you are as a human yeah. is really, is what you put out in the world. It's not what you do or how much money you make, but we've been conditioned for so long to think that way. Well, and that like, we have to achieve these certain goals and have to do this or like, we're not worth anything. Well, and I, you know, it's funny in the early pandemic, I saw this one woman who's like a sports reporter put out this tweet and she said, 
my identity is shaped around my job. Yeah. Then my yeah. identity is shaped around my job. And I'm really struggling right now because her job was taken away. You know, she was yeah. a online reporter. I can't remember who, what she was. And I read it and I thought, oh my God. Yeah. Like I shaped a lot of who I am around my work and I don't regret it, but I realized this year, like that's not all that it's chalked up to be. And that is what has actually opened up the space for me to, you know, allow myself to find the podcast because yeah. I, don't think I had the space to really think about like what I wanted in my future. This would have never come to fruition. Yeah. And it's interesting for me because in 2018, when I lost my job with iHeart, um, and I knew it was time, right? The station flip formats. And I had, I knew for a while that it was time to do something else. I just didn't know what that was. So God or the universe, whatever you believe in, gave me a swift kick in the ass, you know? But I really, I mean, my identity was tied to being there and being Nick the web chick and, and that whole thing. And uh, yeah. I started to suffer from severe panic attacks. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't know why I was having that. And I started to see my therapist and she was like, it's a very traumatic experience to lose your job like that. And then like in 2019, it was just like, you know, finding my footing at XTU and it was amazing, but I was still dealing with really bad anxiety and working through all that. Um, and so 2020 kind of gave me, it was like, okay, just like chill for, it was obviously scary in a lot of ways. You know, we had to take a pay cut and like the industry is really scary. A lot of people lost their jobs, um, which obviously like brought all those horrible memories back. But like, if it was a normal year of like a, a million concerts and a million artists coming through all fun stuff, but I probably the same thing wouldn't have had the mental space to connect with you and be able to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like everything needed to be taken away for me to like, find out like really like what I need, like what I needed. And I know this year was so hard for so many and it's been hard for me. Like yeah, I think you and I, and along with the rest of the country, went through the emotions of first the pandemic, you know, and then the George Floyd and, you know, the civil yeah. unrest and, and being in Philadelphia for a lot of it. For a lot of, I mean, for all of it. So much. For, yeah. For all of it. Like this was, you know, a big uh, city where a lot of things happened. So, like, trying to mentally cope with all the events of 2020. Um, was difficult, but at the same time, it really, I, I think to myself, I'm like, it sat me down. Yeah, and literally. Thankful, and I'm thankful that 2020 was like, you need to just sit down. Yeah. Think. Like you need to just sit down and think so. And learn too. I feel yeah. in a lot of ways, I felt embarrassed that I didn't know a lot of stuff when you were talking about the racial injustice or even everything that was going on with the election and politics. I learned so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of me felt guilty that it took this time to learn, but I was like, you know what, like I'm learning it and I'm going to try to pay it forward with my knowledge. And that was a positive too, for me is that like, I felt like I really had my eyes open. I've always been very aware. I've always been aware of racial inequality and social justice, but like, I just felt like I really learned a lot more this year. I well, just listened a lot more. A lot, a lot of people did. And I think again, without all the distractions, without sports and concerts and live and music and the nine to five and the commute, like without all of those distractions being taken away, like I, I think, I think as a whole, like our society definitely leveled up Yeah. Because so many people, you know, even when we would have those discussions on the Mike Missinelli show during those 
weeks where there were no sports and we were dealing with those really heavy topics. We would I mean, have literally no sports when you think about it. It's just no, crazy. No sports at all. Yeah. I the field of 64, like fruit, the one, the one yeah. was like name your top 64 <laughs> fruit. Um, I was listening. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, uh, I forget what one, I feel like it might've been. For that. me, it's definitely watermelon. Yeah. Watermelon's good. I feel like that made like the top 10. Yeah. But um, when we have those difficult conversations, we would have callers who would call in and say, thank you for having this conversation because, you know, people don't know what they don't know. And if, if I think like, we're going to come out of this as a society better once this is all over, but I mean, who knows when that's going to be, but like the year itself is now behind us. So it's like time to focus on rebuilding um, and just enjoying the new life that's ahead of us. I feel like it put me on a path for like a new life that I would have never otherwise found. Yeah. All right. So let's do some resolution. So personal career and a sports resolution, or like, maybe I should say, what you would like to have your sports wish okay. for 2021. Okay. Um, so my personal new year's resolution is I, I'm really trying to be more, um, organized. Okay. I, I do it every year. Um, do you do a vision board? I have before I need to do one for this year. Okay. I have like written, I've written things down to like try and manifest. And some of that has actually, I told you like this podcast was like, a, um, is like an expanded version of an idea that I had before that had yeah. come into existence. So wait, think but, of that for a second. I got to show you my vision board. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I got to go get it. Well, not for this year, but for, it was for 2020. Oh, wait, let's see. So let me preface this by saying that it's a vision board, but I never put it on a board. I kept it in a Ziploc bag. Okay, that's fine. So what I would do is I'd put it in a Ziploc bag and I left it on the edge of like my little table in my house. And like every so often I would like shake it up because Oprah said that you're supposed to meet the vibration of the manifestation. So like she was explaining, if you want money, you can't want it so bad that that's all you focus on. You basically have to like put it out there and then almost like forget about it and just like meet the vibration. And yeah, so like- Allow it to come to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so this vision board, like I obviously cut out magazines and stuff. And so I just put stuff that I wanted to, but like, it's really, really freaky. Like one says cooking which like all I did in 2020 was cook at home. And another says saving money. And I was able to save money. Another one is a spin bike. And I was using my best friend's Peloton. Oh my God. How crazy is that? Another one says great awaits. Like really? Oh, and like another one is new furniture and I got all new furniture. Another one says clean and organized. And like, I got all new furniture and like cleaned out my drawers and like repainted, like it's really freaky. And like, it's not like I would see it and it was just like there. And it's just like- Well, and these aren't like, it's not like you're like, oh, I want like a million dollar condo. Like you had like very like simple- Yeah, yeah. Like wishes. Now I did have me laying um, in a bikini on the beach with with a man that- 
unfortunately did not happen. I did go to the beach, but- well, That one's still on its way. Yeah. And it looks like that they uh, have a, I maybe got some shells. So that's probably there. Well, you, um, know, you know what happened because of the pandemic, that place where they are is closed. So when it reopens right. in 2021, it'll be back into the, uh, the manifestation um, circuit. Oh, and how weird is this one? This one says working hard. Like it is kind of weird. So yeah, and I also have like an Audi here. Um, an Audi, like the car. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I obviously didn't get that yet, but. That's also on its way again. Oh, look how weird this is. I put up, put an engagement ring in here. Oh, you did? But here's what's really weird. I ordered, so like, look at the engagement ring, right? Because like, I eventually like want to find my soulmate. But what's really weird is at the Nordstrom anniversary sale, I ordered these really cool cubic zirconian earrings. And like, they look just like this and I didn't even realize it. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So like, if you can't want to put it on a board, put it in a Ziploc bag. So I, I want to do, obviously do it again for, for 2021. Because again, it's not like you're obsessing at it. You're just basically like kind of becoming aware of like things that you want, yeah. which is obviously like pretty cool. So, okay. So personal is you want to get more organized. Yeah. I mean, I really try kind of, but I get so overwhelmed by, um, the task of organizing because like, yeah. I want things to be like a certain way that I like, don't do it at all because I feel so overwhelmed. But I mean, I'm going to, I'm like reading about how to like, like baby steps to like organization. Yes. You know? So I feel like things like aren't like that all over the place. But that's what I did in quarantine is that like, I would do like one drawer or right. I would do like one part of my closet. Like I really did like take my time. Like in a certain place. Right. So that's like my main goal is to definitely get more organized and try and figure out, cause even like my computer desktop, like I organize things like weirdly and it's just, it's, I've never been organized like my entire life, my mom. Okay. I like organized chaos. Like I have clothes like everywhere, but they're kind of organized. You know what, what it is. So yeah, but I've read that that's a sign of like creative geniuses like me and like, you know, all these other people, like that's a good sign apparently, but I, I'm trying to streamline it and be better. Um, and then professionally, my uh, resolution is for this to, you know, skyrocket to the top of the Apple podcast charts where uh, we have a ton of listeners all over the country and all over the world. Um, yes. Really just hope, you know, making the lipstick league into everything that I know it can be, um, you know, perhaps taking it on the road at some point, hosting events um, where we can have, a, you know, the great men and women who listen to us come see us and come meet yeah. us and also get incredible guests on maybe at some point turn it into like some sort of late night talk show which has also been a dream of mine I can't yeah same wait you know have we never talked about this that my dream job ever I mean you literally go ask Mrs. McDonald my 10th grade English teacher has always to been be a talk show host really yes do you want daytime do I want day I want I want I want like a late night talk show. Like I want to like late night with like Natalie Eganoff. Okay. Well, I wanted, it didn't really matter, but I always saw myself more in the daytime, but I mean, okay. you know, I mean, I'm not, I saw myself, I really wanted to be 
I always said like I wanted to be like a little bit, I wanted like a combination of all the talk shows. So like I wanted to be serious and talk about serious things like Oprah, but then I also wanted to have like rappers on, but yep. then I also wanted to have sports people, but then I also wanted to be like super fun and upbeat. So yeah. I wanted like, that's what I want. Well, I mean, the Lipstick League will take whatever time slot it's given on Correct. given networks, whether that's at this point, Netflix, Amazon Prime, yeah. Hulu. Yes. E, Hulu, FX, Hulu, Bravo. Yeah. I'm, you're doing network. I'm doing all the streaming platforms. But look, again, look, 2021, we're here for you. We are here. Yeah. So that's my um, professional one. And then my sports one. Um, what I really want, I know, and I, this is not, I really want to see some good baseball. I want to see some good Phillies baseball. Okay. I, I actually just dream about sitting in the ballpark and watching a baseball game in like 70 degree weather and eating a hot dog, having a hot dog and having like a Bud Light Lime and then having, um, the, you know, vanilla and chocolate twist in a little Phillies plastic cone with some yes. rainbow jimmies so like that's my sports uh resolution for this year's so Got what it. so what are all yours so personally i want to stay on like my health and wellness kick so i lost 25 pounds so far Amazing. and i don't ever want to be that girl especially because like weight has been such a thing my whole life and i was on the biggest loser and everybody's always been following my weight loss journey i don't want to be that girl who says people need to lose weight. Cause in fact, like, I don't think that that necessarily is the case for a lot of people. And I go to this amazing, amazing, amazing doctor. She's part of the women's integrative center, Jefferson. And I had an appointment with her last week and we were talking about how I lost weight. And the, I've been going to her for like six years. And the first time I met her, she said, everything is genetics and people in this country are obsessed with weight where they should be obsessed with health. Mm -hmm. And so she's very, she's always been like the BMI is bullshit. Like you should just focus on being healthy. And so she said to me this week, she was like, or it was last week, before, the week of Christmas. Um, she was like, I don't want to say that your weight is a struggle. She's like, but you've been giving this as a way to help. And she literally said this to me. I started to tear up. She said, this is what you've been given. So you could help, especially other women show that you can have an amazing life and that it's not about being a size four mm -hmm. that like every woman every woman is beautiful you come in all different shapes and sizes that she always says like i could have 10 women and feed them the same thing every day for a month and everybody's gonna have different results yeah and so for me like i especially during quarantine like let myself i was have eaten too many treats too many ben and jerry so i needed to kind of reset and I feel better. And I, you know, working out for me has always been kind of like a chore. I never, I'm fortunate in a way that I am a naturally happy person. So like, I don't get endorphins from working out. I just always have endorphins, <laughs> <laughs> which is like amazing and annoying at the same time. Is that right. like, I'm always like happy. And so, yeah. and so, but that means that working out, I don't get that, that high that people get. I've never, I've never gotten a workout high either ever. Right. Ever. So it's more for me about like working out if, even if it's going on a long walk or like doing a yoga or doing a Peloton class, something that makes me, because, and I've talked about this with, with my doctor too, about like the biggest loser kind of gave me 
PTSD for exercise because it was so hellish Yeah, that I associated exercise with being miserable and just feeling awful all the time. And so I'm kind of like retraining my brain to enjoy movement and, and just get to a place that I feel comfortable, you know, that's not, um, because my doctor was also saying about how anorexia in this country skyrocketed when Twiggy became a supermodel. Oh yeah. Because everybody in this country then all thought that everybody had to be, you know, legs up to your eyes and stuff. So it's a process. And, and I think that it's amazing that we're living in a time that we are focusing on everybody is beautiful. Every body is beautiful and everybody is beautiful. Um, but for me, like kind of staying on a health journey and like not beating myself up about just working on that. You know what I mean? So, um, and I do really need to like put myself out there more in regards to dating. Like I have gotten way too comfortable not dating because I got really sick of the bullshit, right? Like, is he going to call me? Is he going to text me? Like, does he like me? Does he not like me? And like, I, I think it got to the point where it's like, I just need to take the power back and be like, if he doesn't like me, who cares? But like, yeah. I need to like force myself to like, Stella needs to get her room back. Well, you know what I mean? Well, that, and so it's funny. So this year, especially you know, a lot of the time spent alone, like in quarantine made me think about what I wanted in relationships. And really, again, it opened up the space for me to find somebody who I didn't really have to question because they weren't giving me those questions of, are they going to text me back? Or are they this, or are they that, you know, like it, it allowed me to really like feel and experience what it was like to have like what I deserved, you know, like I, yes, yes. Like I deserved, I, you know, like every woman does, you deserve to get that text back and you deserve to have like your questions answered and you deserve somebody who's just going to show up at like the very end of the day, just show up and not play games. And, um, now that I, you know, know that like it, it's so rewarding. And I just, if I, if this year didn't happen, I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have put myself in a space for that because I was like you. And I was like, I don't feel like dealing with that because I didn't want to deal with X, Y, and Z, you know? But once I was like, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to find somebody who is emotionally available because I spent a lot of years choosing emotionally unavailable men because same because I myself was emotionally available and I made a lot of excuses for the men that I would date because I was like, well, it doesn't matter anyway, because I'm focused on my work or this or that or whatever. When it was in reality, I was like, no, like this is my shit too. So I feel like I also like owned my shit this year, stopped making excuses for myself as to why I wasn't finding anybody or meeting anybody. And like, really like allowing myself to give people who want to be given a chance, a chance. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me too, and I've talked about this, I am, I think on the biggest loser um, bonus episode, if you haven't listened to that yet. So like, I always said the two things that never came easy to me are boys and my weight, right? Those were always a struggle that I've had. Like it's been, if you're watching on YouTube, this is two weeks of me not washing my hair and my hair is amazing, right? (laughs) I know, I know. But like, there's a lot of things that people always comment, comment on my hair, your hair, this, your hair, that, which is amazing compliment. And it's like, yeah, it's genetics. My hair comes very natural to me. The two things I've always struggled with is that. So like, I've, I've never been the hot girl in the bar that every guy wants, right? Mm-hmm. I've always been 
you know, I, and I'm not going to not downplay, like, I know that I'm beautiful. And I think it's important for everybody to recognize that they're beautiful inside and outside. Um, so like, it's the rejection that like is always, and, and I, and I also know myself really well that I don't like to do things that I'm not good at. So like, I don't, I don't like to date because it's not fun for me because I've never been really good at it. So I'm just like, I'm cool. But on the flip side, I also don't need anybody. I have amazing, I mean like beyond amazing friends, beyond amazing family. I love my job. So it's like, I want somebody that complements my life, that enhances my life, that makes my life better um, and not causes drama because I don't want that, you know? Yeah. So that was a very long-winded way to say that like Stella needs to get her groove back a little bit and keep on my my kind of wellness exercise kind of health space um professionally it's very similar to yours I mean I want to grow this podcast I think we have an amazing um baseline and amazing people so far and I think with their help and we're gonna have we called it the lipstick league because we want everybody to be part of the league um and I just think that we have so much potential and um I feel very blessed to have this space um and I also want to have JJ Reddick on the podcast (laughs) oh that's JJ Reddick oh wait who's my um my dream guest is Tina Fey I'm just going to put that out there as well. Yeah. Tina Fey is my dream guest. Oh, also, I feel like our listeners should know that we have um, giveaways coming up. Ooh, that's right. Free stuff. Yeah. So like, you Free. Know, we're going to really get the ball rolling here. You know, we're kind of a little bit off the ground now with the podcast. We're going to get the ball rolling here. You're going to see a lot more um, giveaways, uh, you know, stuff on social working uh, with some really cool people in the city of Philadelphia also that are aligned with um, some really cool uh, initiatives in Philly, just like, you know, the topics we talked about from last year, like pandemic relief, social justice, um, you know, a lot of different areas. Um, and there's going to be prizes for people that don't live here too. Oh yeah. So if no, you don't live in Philly. Yeah. So don't think it's just Philly stuff. Oh no, but these giveaways are for everybody. And, and some of the giveaways are like do gooder giveaways. You know, yes, which gonna, we love. Yeah, they're going to benefit um, lots of different causes here in the city of Philadelphia. So, which is awesome. Yeah, really excited about that, and so um, it's going to be really cool prizes. Yes, we're going to ice you up, hint, hint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and so my my sports resolution is, and I don't know why I feel this way, and I just I just do, but like I want Carson Wentz to be MVP. Ideal, ideally in Philly, but like, I'm gonna just say it. Like, I would not hate it if he went somewhere else. And I don't know if you saw what just came out today, but Philip Rivers basically said without saying it, that he's going to retire and I need to go tend to the, uh, the 15 children at home. How weird that him and we, and we're going to get to sports, obviously, in a second, because this is a sports and pop culture podcast. So we got to talk about our lives a little bit. Um, but I want to talk about what they're doing in Miami with Tua and Fitzpatrick, or like they call them Fitzmagic. Yeah. Um, and if that would be a real thing that, that they could do, um, the NFL could do moving forward. But the thing is, is like Fitzpatrick also has like 11 kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Philip Rivers very basically kind of admitted he's probably going to retire after this year and Frank Reich is the head coach in Indy and Carson never played better under Frank Reich 
And I just think it would be heartbreaking, obviously, if he went to Indianapolis and was MVP, but what also like the crap that Howie and Doug and the whole organization has done over the last two years with Carson, like I would have so much joy seeing him just like ball out, even if it was for another team. I know it would be a really tough pill to swallow, but actually that's why I didn't make my wish about the Eagles because is because I'm so pissed off at them and I'm so over the organization right now that I I'm I'm also like very drained by them which is probably why I said Eagles Swift like so much of my mind is consumed by the Philadelphia Eagles and especially like during football season and I'm I'm so mad that they messed this up so badly Um, and as an Eagles fan clearly I want the team to succeed but like I get what you're saying and I'm not I wouldn't be mad if that's what happens because What's he going to do? There's, there is a part of me that thinks he's going to be here. I do think he's going to stay. Yeah. Well, I well, think they're going to make it difficult for him. Well, to- it is. I mean, they, they have to literally eat $34 million. I mean, yeah. now if you're a multi-billionaire, um, maybe you do say for, I'm just going to eat it, but I have a hard time believing that they're just going to give up $34 million. I mean, I don't think Jeffrey, like, Jeffrey Lurie's pissed, right? So he knows that things are wrong. And I think we're going to see a lot of things happen over the next week or so that are going to be very telling as to when, um, what the future of the Eagles organization has. But yeah, no, Carson, Carson deserves to be on a team where they let him be the starter. And it's yeah. not this weird power struggle with management and coaches and, you know, draft picks, like, again, the issues are just so deep, but yeah, no, I, I, I fully, that's a good one. And so the Eagles officially are out of the playoffs and the one interesting thing that came out of the last game was the fact that Jalen Hurts really did struggle. So I think it was, it was proof that it wasn't just Carson. Yeah. There are so many more. And I think people needed to see that. I think they needed to actually see that like, yes, Carson obviously wasn't playing good, but it's so much bigger than just the quarterback play. I was, and I said, um, you know, earlier in the week, I said, I was happy that it kind of ended, well, it didn't end, you know, they're playing Washington, but um, I'm kind of happy that it ended the way that it did because um, I needed, yeah, I wanted the fan base to see that, like, there were people who thought that the quarterback situation was like, what was going to fix everything. But once you strip that away and you see like, oh yeah, the offensive line still stinks. There's nobody to throw the ball to the play calling still all messed up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want Mm -hmm. Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman to get out of this situation with right to use Carson as the scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. Which the Phillies, you know, they've done that in the past. I mean, they did it with Gabe Kapler was the fall guy for the Phillies. Yep whole season uh I don't think he would have worked out here anyway but then you know one season later Matt Clentak's going or he mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's kind of indicative of the um culture of the organization when they start like you know they try to blame it on somebody else and then it, the rest of it unravels because you see like oh yeah it's not just this one simple fix-all thing that we need to do like there's layers to this so I was glad it ended the way that it did and that the Eagles have been exposed. I they were like- exposed. Yes, that's the perfect word. They were exposed. Yeah, I'm like, they're this like evil, I picture like a, I don't even know. 
Yeah. Um, another part that I just mentioned earlier that I think is really interesting is the whole um, Tua Fitzpatrick situation in Miami. And yeah. so obviously Tua was drafted this year and he was the rookie and Fitzpatrick is like um, McCowan, Josh McCowan, who's kind of this career backup journeyman. Um, and Fitzpatrick started the season playing and then they decided to put Tua in, which was really smart and people were like cool with it because they were like he has to learn but then Miami kept winning and they yeah. were like oh we actually might get in the playoffs and so what they've been doing in Miami is like Tua has been starting the game and then they've been putting Fitzpatrick in as like the closer and it's been working and I just think it's so interesting of like wow they do this in baseball all the time Right. Or they do it in, they do it in basketball where you have the guy on the team. Who's like the guy that could make the shot and close the game that that's who the play is designed around. Right. Um, you have in baseball, the designated hitter or the close. Right. So I just think it's so fascinating. I'm like, wow, I never thought about that in football. Right. Well, and it's like the Nick Foles situation. Like Nick Foles is only good when he has the games on the line. He's a closer. Yeah. Nick yeah. Foles is a closer. Uh, it's well, and it's funny because when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, there was a lot of speculation that the league was trending towards like this two um, quarterback, like, um, like Taysom Hill, like the Taysom and Hill, Drew, Drew Brees, like situation right. where like, you know, you have another quarterback, you know, to run like trick plays and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, I agree that it's funny that the way uh, Miami's doing it is, and it's like, because they are like using him as a closer and there's not as necessarily, there's yeah. no rules against that. So it's like, yeah. is it like, is it cheating the system or is it just outsmarting the system? You know, well, their head coach, you know, worked for the Patriots and he was under, he's under the Belichick tree, oh um, which I think is really interesting. And the fact that like Miami's doing really well, um, I just thought it was very interesting. Now, it obviously is different because it's not like Fitzpatrick has ever been a actual franchise quarterback. Like he's right. been this he's backup. Yeah, yeah, he's, he you know, he's in his late thirties. So it, it works in the sense of like, it's a mentor and a mentee. Um, the fact that like Tua is literally a rookie. So it's, it's a little bit different, obviously, than Carson and Jalen. Yeah. Um, but it's working and I think it's awesome. Cause I love, like, I love a trick play. So yeah. like the fact that they just, they're, they're doing this and it works. I just think it's, it's awesome. Um, and, and what do they say? Like the NFL essentially is about finding ways to win games. And right. that's, that's the beauty of football and especially American football is because like you can strategize within the game to figure out how to outsmart your opponent. I mean, I look at it, it's almost like a chess match, right? And yeah. this is where a lot of the Eagles issues comes in. It's because Doug's, Doug Peterson, he won't pivot from his game plan and figure out how to outsmart his opponent. Like we watched that over and over again this year. So yeah. Miami, does he need to watch the Queen's Gambit? I mean, maybe he has to. He probably does. He should like lay in bed. Maybe he'll see, you know, like the, the X's and O's. Above his, um, on his ceiling. On his ceiling. Uh, but that, that's essentially what football is. So it's it's funny that if they're implementing, you know, this two quarterback situation yeah. and, it, and it's what's outsmarting their opponents, it's like, you almost can't get mad at it. But there, you know, there's always like purists in any sport. So like- Oh, totally. They'll be like, they can't do that. Like that's cheating. And then it's like, mm, well, is it? It's really? not. 
or is it just being smart and like you see like you have some sort of like rhythm here and also how amazing is it that like two is getting to learn like on the fly without having all that pressure on them it's kind of mm -hmm. it's actually like brilliant it's actually it's so kind brilliant of, it's kind of brilliant um also want to mention like just give two mega shout outs obviously alvin kamara what he did you know scoring the six rushing touchdowns he broke a record or tied a record in the nfl was incredible um and especially because you could tell drew Brees isn't back at 100 percent. i mean he broke like yeah. what 11 ribs or something like that and he's like i'll be back i'm coming i'm coming um they're like sit down old man yeah and Devonte adams and like Devonte adams and and what Aaron Rodgers are doing in, in Green Bay is amazing. And I think yeah. that, you know, we've talked about this a little bit in a couple of different episodes about how like they drafted love at Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers was like, fuck you, dude, I'm gonna be the MVP. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. just was like, I'm not gonna let this happen. Like this kid isn't taking my job, I'm not ready yet. Right. But like with Carson, it affected him. Now in it, again, there's a similarity, but then there's also not because Aaron Rodgers already has been MVP. He already won a Super Bowl. He's on the tail end of the career. Um, so there's that, that's the difference, but like he's, he's killing it in Green Bay this year. And like, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's fun. And I'm excited to see what's in store um, for the playoffs. Well, yeah, because I think it's absolutely like you can see that the mega teams are starting to pull ahead. Yeah. So like, obviously the saints, like we were excited that the Eagles beat the saints and it's like the saints were like phoning it in that game. Oh yeah. Green Bay. And then like, I, I think three on the road too. Three on the road. Yeah. So three. it's like impossible to win like after that. And another crazy thing is how the Patriots are officially out of the playoffs. It's the first time since 2007 that they did not make the playoffs because the big conversation in all sports has always been is Belichick Belichick without Brady and is Brady Brady without Belichick and for 20 years 20 years no one knew the answer to that and I feel like we know the answer well and you know what else I think they said that Gillette Stadium was bought was uh built in 2002 and that this is the first year that there's not some sort of like home playoff game i know they didn't make it in 2007 but maybe they weren't supposed to be home that year anyway something like okay that. yeah i read something i mean i'm probably messing it up and it's the first year since 2008 that the buccaneers have made the playoffs so first year since 2007 the patriots did not make the playoffs yeah. first year since 2008 the buccaneers did and what's the common denom denominator Tom Brady. TB12. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I like to see these massive, like these, these teams that like are the shit, like starting to pull ahead of the, you know, it's like when yeah. you're watching, when you're watching the marathon, right? The Olympic marathon. And, and there's that one person that's like, let's like the Steelers where yeah. that the Steelers were that runner that everyone's like, look at him. But the, but the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when you're like, you know, when you like know something. <laughs> Intuition? No, like the perfect, not the professionals, the experts. Like <laughs> when, when there's a marathon and there's the expert commentators and there's yeah. guy and they're like, he's gonna, don't worry, he's not gonna win. Like the, the real people are pull ahead. And that's what happened with the Steelers. Yes. They were 11 and 0 and all the experts were like, they're actually not this good. Like, and right. sure enough, now you they're kinda, just like falling, like falling apart. 
yeah it's i'm excited to actually watch like good football yes me too like watch like exciting teams with you know good football and decent play calling and drama and you know know that it's actually for something so i'm yeah yeah, excited about the football and obviously we're really excited because the nba is back in full swing um and we're going to do a separate, we'll talk more about the NBA obviously coming up, but I think it's important to mention that like Joel Embiid looks different. Like he yeah. looks hungry. He, well, he actually does look hungry because he lost weight. Well, <laughs> he's yeah. like, I want some shake. He's like, he's like, where's my Chick-fil-A please? Please um, give me the Popeyes. But you know, cause all the rookies yeah. have to, ca- they're always carrying Pope- Popeyes or Chick-fil-A. Um, yeah. So shout out to him because like, I've been saying this, you've been saying this, like we needed Joel to look different. Like we yeah. needed him that when he came back from a season to look different and he finally does like he's, and the, the team is not the team unless Joel's on the court. Right. And it's going to be interesting. So now, you know, they have like a new set of guys around them. You know, you have people like Danny Green, Dwight Howard, um, who are on the Sixers now. Danny Green came out this week, talked about how he needs, you know, how Ben Simmons is, developing he he used some really interesting verb verbiage 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 various interesting verbiage uh when he was talking about ben's performance you know ben's still not shooting the ball so you know we're entering into another season people are really frustrated um doc rivers said today you know he's not worried that he's not shooting the ball um but again it's going to come down to you have somebody like Joel Embiid and like, this is where I feel like it's going to be a, a, like a split for the Sixers. Right. So like you have a game last night, Joel Embiid, 29 points, 16 rebounds, you know, basically him and Tobias Harris came out, carried the team through like the end of the finally Tobias earned his money. Yeah. He's yeah. He had a great game last night, but it, by the end of this season, we should really be able to tell like, who's going to be the superstar of this team because it's Ben and Joe, Ben and Joe, Ben and Joe. Right. But if, if Joe starts to take off and like you're saying, he already looks leaps and bounds better than he did last season, especially in the bubble. I mean, I just, I don't even like to count the bubble just because I feel. Also now we know with the bubble that his girlfriend was pregnant and that she was all alone and I think that that had a lot to do with it. Like, I think he felt really guilty leaving her. I think she was, yeah. Well, that, and you know, LeBron said it was the most mentally challenging situation of his life. So like if, if LeBron James. Yeah. But that's because he lives in a 75,000 square foot mansion with chefs and pools and. No, that's true. But he was sleeping in a hotel bed in the the Polynesian. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to hold the bubble um, season against. No, it's yeah. It's going to be intriguing to see if this year separates Ben and Joel or brings them back together because then you have like James Harden who in 10 shots put up 28 points the other night. And then did we, did we actually talk about, I don't think we actually, do you want them to trade Ben for James Harden? Yes or no. I give it to me. Um, it's really, this is really, really, really hard for me because it's like that win now, if, if they decided to do it, I would not be upset. Okay. I, I want James Harden on the Sixers. However, there is still a part of me that I know that the potential that Ben has for like longevity, whereas James Harden is going to come in, he's going to be an immediate band-aid. 
Yes, that makes sense. A little uh, patch over the leak in the ship. Yeah, a total patch in the leak in the ship, um, which could get us a championship now. And I'd be really happy about it. But I just, there's a part of me that like, I really want Ben to be, to work out here. Like I, I, I really do. So it's hard for me. If they did it, I'd be fine with it. Um, but that's a tough one for me to swallow just because I think Ben, um, the ceiling is so high for him. Like he can, he can really get there. But again, I think it's, I said, he th I think he needs cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Like I don't, I never connected with Ben the way that I connected with Joelle. Like I know them personally, like we're just texting, <laughs> but like, I feel like like I feel like an affection. Like there's something about Joelle that I just like that I just like. Like I can't. I don't know if it's because he's funny. I realize that I really don't like people who aren't funny, right? Or like or people who don't take themselves too seriously. Like I like people who like yeah, just, of course, right? And so there's something about Joelle. Um, I don't know. There's something about him. His story with all all the articles that he's written in the Players Tribune. There's something very like there's something very sweet about him. I never connected with Ben the way that I connected with Joel. Well, Ben, um, you know, Ben's a little aloof and there's a part of me that I'm like, I don't need his, I don't need his personality to be good as long as he's, you know. I know, and I know, and I shouldn't care, but like, this is why we're doing this podcast and why I wasn't ever on sports radio because they don't talk about facts and figures <laughs> i talk about the fact that like there's like a uh, uh, there's like a there's like a zaza zoo about somebody and like to me that makes or breaks a player and i just feel that like i don't feel like ben cares enough i don't think i don't think he knows that he cares enough yet like he's gonna he's gonna care soon he's gonna have to care soon because uh, i get yeah he's been like the golden child this golden basketball australian prodigy his entire life um yeah I guess that's what it is too is that like Joel like literally his story is amazing like it, when you get a chance Google Joel Abid the Players Tribune oh, and amazing article. read his story it's just it's incredible or my favorite snack JJ Reddick uh yeah. he's he's been on his podcast twice interesting that Ben Simmons has never been on JJ's podcast but Joel has been on it twice Jimmy Butler's been on it twice Tobias yeah. Harris has been on it never been that's telling yeah. i don't ben doesn't do a lot of podcasts maybe he'll come, mm -hmm. maybe he'll come on ours we got a ben simmons apologist on the podcast ladies and gentlemen i am not no he really doesn't do many interviews and um i think i think it's just i think it just speaks to his like you know maturity level and where he's at because if if he opens himself up to interviews the one question everyone's gonna be like dude why don't you shoot the ball and he's gonna be like i don't know why i don't shoot the ball right yeah, you're you're when you said he needs sports psychiatrist, you're a thousand percent right. So there was a um, report in July that said that he had seen one or was going to see one, but I don't know if he actually did because I think if we had some like applied um, therapy techniques right. for him, like to break down those mental barriers as to why he won't shoot the ball, I feel like we would be seeing him shoot on the court. So yeah, I don't know. TBD. I think he has a little bit of me. Like, I don't want to date because I don't want the rejection. He doesn't want to shoot yes. because he doesn't want to fail. Yeah. And you have to, you have to get over, like, you know, you have to break down those mental barriers and it's the fear, right? It's really, it's overcoming fear. So maybe and I have more in common with Ben Simmons than I realized. Look at you. Look at you. Um, maybe wait. You, maybe you two should chat. <laughs> <laughs> 
listen, and I would, I would be like, listen, like, let's talk about this. Why won't you shoot, dude? Like, is it, are you afraid? It's just like, so I'll he, explain. He said that, um, like, because he is in, in practice and, you know, when he's doing free throws and stuff, like he, he hits the basket. It's just, I think when the spotlight's on him and it's during the game time, there's just something that about him being more comfortable, you know, getting under the net, getting the rebounds, playing defensively. But if he's going to be the point guard setting up the plays, like, and that's what um, Danny Green was talking about, is that like he's developing into um, a point guard because it's not his natural state, and that's like the position that the Sixers have been trying to play him in. Is right. that point? So it's, and then you know, Brett Brown moved him. Um, out of the point for a minute, like at the end of last season, I don't even remember at the end of last season before the hiatus, before the bubble, like they moved them um, out of the point guard. So this is going to be a really telling year for the Sixers, especially since again, there's no scapegoats, right? There's no, like they removed Brett Brown, you know, they brought in Elton Brand or um, they brought in Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers. and Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, you know, is still a part of the organizations. He's not making like all the decisions that he was before. So now it's like, here's a new set of people around them. They're still trying to, they're like player centric, which is why I love the Sixers. Um, and they're going to hone in on him, but this year is going to be telling for him. But I think you hit the nail on your head too, is that, and it's, I, I mean, I feel like I need it. We're going to eventually have to make t-shirts. Some players are grace under pressure. Nick Foles is a perfect example of grace under pressure. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. I got to think of some, but off the top of my head. And then there's other players that completely crack under pressure. They yeah. can't handle the big moment. And I think that that's been, and like, uh, we have to talk about Nelson Aguilar really quick and about how he killed it in Las Vegas with the Raiders this year. And it's like, he had to leave Philly and it's like, when he excelled in Philly, it was the 2017 season when he was the number three guy. It was Alshon and then Torrey Smith and then Nelson. When the pressure was off of him and he just could play, no one in Vegas cares about the football team. There's people, there's not two sports talk stations honing in, complaining. They're excited that they have a football team in a brand new fancy stadium with, with slot machines in it, yeah. you know, for Marge and Jim when they go, you know, on their weekend trip to Vegas. And like, to see Nelson excel, it makes me so happy for him because I always thought he was like a really great person and how he handled the whole viral video of the guy being like catching babies on like oh, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. And he handled that with such class and grace. Um, so I'm happy for him. But then it also goes back to, which is going to be an uh, episode in and of itself that we're going to do is that is Philly, is, do they break people? They break athletes. I know. That'll be a good one. That'll be coming up. What time is it? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So we're chatty. So I guess we have to, we have to wrap it up. Oh, I need to pick a snack this week. Um, uh, I want to pick, oh, you know, who I'm picking as my snack, Josh Hart. So obviously he was played for Villanova and now he's in the Pelicans with my number one snack, main snack. Oh, Um, proposal, right? Oh my God. He proposed to his girlfriend. They've been together since high school, but you have to go on Instagram because the comments about the proposal, because he has these tight pants on. And like his, they have all these comments about his butt and how like, how, (laughs) how he's been doing. It is the comments on the internet make the internet. Oh my God. So Josh Hart was so sweet with this proposal. 
and the comments are funny and he like loved like thought was laughing at the comments and I love somebody who can laugh at themselves yeah so shout out to Josh Hart check that out um obviously love him for Villanova um and he's on my second favorite team now the Pelicans wow that's good yes so what uh, else coming up? Oh, we have, um, so after this episode, we have an, a, another special, we have another bonus coming up and this one is a good D. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pay, we actually, we'll, we're going to be paying tribute to my um, all-time snack. Wait, what'd you call it? A good D? We have a good D. A goodie. Oh, a goodie. I think you said good D. I go, okay, that's, I'll get some good D. Okay. That's, that's just me being... I'm tired and super Philadelphian. And then when my accent comes out and I Sunday, like so many syllables, Sunday, <laughs> you want to make it because I said something on the air last week. I said Mayan, but oh, mine. Yeah. I instead Wait, of mine. really quick, like the, a pop culture moment of this week. How about the monk that looked like the guy from Northeast Philly that went viral? Please. If you haven't looked that up, please, for the if, love of God, Google that. We do. We should do another bonus episode just on that meme because I saw it and that was growing up in Northeast Philly. It was the funniest thing I've seen on the internet this year because it, yeah. like it's such a specific look and the fact that like so many people recognized it. And everybody from Northeast Philly like knows somebody who Yes. That. Or like or you've seen that guy. Like the yes. was so 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 Please google funny. it. Oh god, so good. So yeah. good. So, um, yeah, and then we have this special episode coming up about my snack, Bradley Cooper. We're going to pay homage on his day of birth, which is yes, January 5th. So, yes, again, we're just going to keep it rolling here on the Lipstick League. And you get a little extra bonus because it's his birthday. We talk about Bradley Cooper, but then there's also an interview in the podcast that I did with yeah. Bradley. Yeah, from when you guys, from when you had like your little friendship with him oh god those are I really hope that that wasn't my prime you know I worry about that sometimes like I need to keep I need my prime to still be happening but I look back at those moments and I'm like was that my prime no that that wasn't your prime but make sure that you stay you stay tuned for all the fun stuff we come we have coming up again the giveaways more episodes rolling out weekly um here for the lipstick league Um, give them the socials Oh yeah. So on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and YouTube as the lipstick league or Twitter, it's league lipstick still working. But you can just type in lipstick league and it pops up. Yeah. And it comes up. So yes, the lipstick league. And I'm Natalie Eganoff. I'm Nicole Mahalik. Please subscribe and give us uh, a glowing review if you can, because that really helps with the algorithm. So we really appreciate that. Mwah!